Hey, y'all. Welcome to Preaching to the Choir podcast with your host, me, Jen Randall. Y'all, I've been working on this episode in my head for a long time, and I haven't done it yet because honestly, I needed to find what I felt like were the right people to interview for this topic. Um, It is something that is near and dear to my heart because it's certainly something that I experience in my work time as a show choir director. But today's episode is all about show choir moms. Now, I don't mean the moms of your show choir performers. I mean mothers who are also show choir directors. Now, you're like, Jen, I am not a mom. I don't care. Um, Guess what? You need to care. In fact, this episode is probably more for you than the moms out there. If you are a mom, director, or choreographer, you can listen and feel supported and feel seen and know that other people are going through your same struggles. But if you are not a parent or a mother, this is such an important episode for you to hear because we need to support each other as a community. We talk about that all the time on here. And this is an important pocket of our community that I don't think we discuss very often. Um, Frankly, it's hard to find mothers who are also directors to interview because there just aren't many of us. It's a tough job to do both of. And uh, these two ladies do a great job of it. So today's episode, please enjoy listening to Caroline Edgerton and Liz Morrison as we talk about Mom things. Um, mine are both still awake, but dad's working on it, so. Dreams come true. (laughs) Yes. If they pop in, don't be surprised. (laughs) Mine are both still awake, but that's because they are old, so. You did good at picking two very different moms. (laughs) I do. That was the thought. And I I told my husband, I was like, I needed to pick someone, like, newer moms, younger moms, middle, you know, like, elementary age moms. I was like, I just didn't get an, a mom of like older. I said an old mom is what I said. And he, like you are. My husband goes, you're the old mom. I was like, you're not the old mom. No, mom but I mean, like it, I hadn't even processed like, yeah. In that well, context, I'm the one that has the, the I can fill that role. <laughs> I'm yeah. the one with the big, like, I'm like old mom enough to have two children. Right. There's that too. Yeah. One of them was. Um, my eldest is at high school marching band camp this week so that's a special new craziness that's exciting well yeah I have a high schooler now so yeah tell me about yeah it happens fast (laughs) I know it doesn't seem like it but it does oh no I believe you (laughs) okay well um for the purposes of officially starting even though we've been chattering um go ahead and like I'll let you introduce yourselves and I want to know of course say clearly your name duh but more importantly like where what school you're currently at um and then it's always nice to know like how long you've been uh teaching or doing show choir so um we'll start in the farthest away time zone so liz gets to start (laughs) okay um my name is liz morrison and i am now a director at north central high school in indianapolis indiana and you just Um, left and i just left whiteland community high school Mm -hmm. um and that is in a like southern suburb of indy like 20 minutes from downtown Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have been doing show choir, like high school stuff for four years. And then I also taught middle school for three and a half years at Center Grove Middle School North, which is another big show choir school in Indy. So yeah. yeah. Lots of good Indianapolis show choir connections there for mm-hmm. sure. And we definitely forgot to talk about time zones. So I'm glad that we, <laughs> every time I do an interview with somebody who's like an Indiana, Ohio person, I forget that component that you are in a totally different time zone. And then when I was doing California ones a couple seasons ago, that was worse. That one, yeah. you're in the wrong direction by a couple hours. So I'm glad like that, that you're staying up super late. That's so nice of you to, to do that, even with your okay. little person. Okay. And then Caroline, you can do yours. Yeah. Um, my name is Caroline Edgerton. I currently teach in the Ankeny Community School District um, on the north side, which is the, if you're familiar with the area, it's the centennial side of the district. Um, I teach eighth and ninth grade there um, and direct the eighth grade show choir. Uh, this is my, gosh, just finishing up my 10th season of show choir directing um, in some shape or form as an assistant. There were mm-hmm. six years in there where I directed a middle school show choir and assistant directed or had directed a high school show choir at the same time. Holy um, buckets. <laughs> I took a year off in 2020 after my youngest was born. Um, and I'm really happy to be back in the classroom, but, um, so my ninth year of teaching overall, but my 10th year doing, um, show choirs. Oh my gosh. Doing double duty at the, like that sort of, that kind of blows my mind. The idea of doing middle school and high school at the same time, was that just crazy or crazy fun? It was so fun. Like I loved, (laughs) I loved it so much. Um, I had to slow down. So I did that for a year after my first child was born. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that next year, so I had my son in 2017, we finished the 2017, 2018 season. Mm -hmm. And then 2018, 2019 is when we started. I was, um, in, I've been in Waukee for most of my career. Um, but that's when we started the varsity treble club show choir in Waukee. It was the first Iowa group to do, um, what we always refer to as the Nebraska model where it's a varsity mix and then a varsity treble. Um, and Jeff Knutson and I were directing that group together and he was also still directing millennium. So that was, Uh, I had the, the biggest kind of, um, director role mm -hmm. in a high school group at that point while having my middle schoolers while having like a 10 month old at home. So that was (laughs) for sure the hardest. And then I decided this is maybe too much to do two show fires. So let's just do one. Um, and focused my, my energy and my efforts that way. Um, and that was a good move, but I, I seriously loved it to get to see the kids at the middle school level and then watch their growth all the way through the senior year. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. That part of it would be very, very cool. I just yeah. thinking yeah. I was only thinking of the day-to-day part that seemed yeah. insane to me, but <laughs> like with everything in teaching the kids just make it so much cooler. That's the only way anyone gets through anything. I'm convinced actually. Um, the, because it's a situation where like, you know, we're specifically talking about being moms in show choir because, and and let me just first say that I could have interviewed, of course, any number of people. There's not a ton of us, but there are many of us, but I specifically picked you guys because um, first of all, I've only known each of you a little around a year or so, a little over. And so for me, it's nice to just keep getting to know you selfishly because that's what this podcast is, is me just doing my own bidding. But, but it's also really like um, you guys are at different stages of parenting. Um, and I think that that's interesting too. Also, you're diverse as far as where you are in the country, as well as um, the roles you are in, in your own classroom scenario. So like, let me back up a little bit. My first question would be, do you have any, let's specifically stay within moms because we can say women too. And I think that's fine, but let's also look for moms that you looked up to, or did you have anyone that could be a mentor to you as a choir director who was also 
a mom? Did you have anyone like that? And if you're having to think about it, I'm not surprised. And that's part of why I'm asking that question. Because for me, I had people who had maybe left the classroom for a number of years, like a huge chunk of raising their kids and then came back. Mm-hmm. Um, there were women like that I could look to. Um, but beyond that, at my age group, I, there's not a lot. Uh, there's really just a couple that I could think of off the top of my head. Um, Connie Mulligan's probably the most, the one I would think of first at Mount Zion. Um, she did take time off a little bit, I know in the middle of that, but, um, but I remember thinking when uh, her kids were in like middle school, high school, like early high school times, I was remember thinking like, I don't know how she's doing all of that, you know, cause especially when your kids are in high school, that's a very busy time. It's all a busy time, but that's also especially busy because they're doing their own thing. So like she would maybe be the one I would think of off the top of my head, but do either of you have anyone in particular that you can think of? Yeah. Um, oh, ahead, oh, sorry. Go ahead. This Liz. is what's go going ahead. to happen. You just have yeah. to get through it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll start. Cause I have one that comes into mind constantly and, mm-hmm. um, she's like a mentor in general because mm-hmm. <laughs> she's just like this crazy, awesome head director. And, um, she's a mom of two girls and mm-hmm. she's also just like the nicest human ever. Mm-hmm. And that is Jennifer Dice. I that's knew that's who you were going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talk like I just have so much respect for her and um she's also just been there for like you know when I first got my first high school job yeah she was so sweet and she like took time to meet with me during the summer and um she's just so kind and so generous like with Mm -hmm. so many things knowledge costume rentals like all the things and um but then she's also the mom of these two amazing girls they also Mm -hmm. go to the dance studio I went to growing up so it's just fun to like watch them do that and stuff and so I don't know she's always that person I'm like well Jen does it so I can do it (laughs) but she's also like a crazy human being that is just she's just so good at what she does she seems like a tiny bit of a machine in the small amount of time I spent with her I mean that in the most positive like flattering way possible to say that to her she's one of those people that's like just doing all the things and doing them all well is what it looks like from the outside. Yeah. Um, I'm sure she would say otherwise <laughs> if you really sat down and talked to her about it, but as I think most of us would, but like, yeah, I totally, Jen Nice for sure. Jen Nice okay. for president of show choir. Oh, yeah. that's how I felt. 100%. Okay, Car- Caroline, do you have one for us? Yeah, I've actually got two in mind. Um, awesome. Uh, one of my, I would just say like, well, okay. I'll just start with one or the other. Um, Michelle Anthony is a middle school teacher in Waukee. Um, mm-hmm. I taught with her. My first year of teaching was middle school drama music in urban setting in Des Moines. Um, yeah. And then my first year of what I would call choir teaching um, was my second year of teaching in Waukee. And Michelle um, is a single mom and mm-hmm. was one of my mentor teachers, also was one of my co-teachers when I was out there. I was split between two buildings. Um, yeah. And I didn't have kids at the time. I was just getting married. Um, but throughout kind of motherhood, my journey from the very beginning, she's just been, had, mm-hmm. had always been someone for me to lean on. Um, yeah. Really, when I think about more of like, when I was struggling with work-life balance or where yeah. do I put my priorities or she would kind of give me like, she'd be my reality check that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just was a great role model for all of that too. Um, and like I said, she's at the middle school level and that was my, my introduction to, to being a director on my own versus assistant directing was at the middle school level. So I learned a lot from her. Um, and then Hannah Ryan is at Johnston high school. Um, Mm -hmm. and I had her, she was, she was my teacher in eighth and ninth grade when I was in Johnston. Um, 
So I came up through her program uh, and then she, she has three kids. She's got three girls. Um, Her youngest goes to daycare with my oldest, Um, but just knowing like seeing her do the eight, nine thing, and then move Mm -hmm. on to the high school level and take Mm -hmm. on these huge, I mean, a head position to take on the top choir there. Massive groups. Yeah. I mean, a huge program, like Mm -hmm. monstrous. Um, And to see her doing that while being a mom was just like, it's kind of like you said, Liz, that just always kind of stayed in the back of my mind is like, I can do this. This is possible. Like look Mm -hmm. at the women around me that are, that are doing amazing things. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just, I have so much love and respect for her because I first, I first got to know her as a teacher and not mm-hmm. that, um, that what I, one of the reasons I love teaching eight, nine, and as I think it's a pretty crucial age for kids that are kind of making that choice to yeah. walk into music. Um, and she instilled such a, a strong love and passion, um, in, in me at that age, um, and laid the foundational work for me to, you know, be able to go on to college. Um, and then at the high, my, at my high school level, I had Sarah Van Wardhuizen who's in Pella now, um, at the college there, but she also, I I remember vividly, uh, she auditioned us. She was coming into the program my junior year. She auditioned us sitting. She had a music stand between her legs with her computer on it because she was eight months pregnant when she auditioned us with her first child. Um, Bless. So I had Hannah at the middle school level and I had, so I guess I have three, I had Sarah at the high school level. Um, and she was the one who pushed me to go into music ed. So I've, I've truly, I've said this ever since I started teaching, I have been so fortunate to learn from so many incredible educators before I even got to college. Oh um, yeah. And I then feel like, like I need to jump on that because yeah. I cannot do this without even mentioning like my own high school director. Yep. She was also a mom and she she lived in Center Grove and then taught where I lived, which was 40 minutes away. And she mm-hmm. was the a one person director. She did everything by herself. And cause this was before like choir programs had even like helpers. And so yeah. she was one of those people she kept trying to get like an assistant for so long. Cause she had to do both mm. varsity show choirs all and everything else. And it was, I just, I, now that I do it, I'm just like, how, how did you manage all of that? Like, it's just insane. So, um, yeah, talk about people who kind of paved the way. Like she was, I don't know, she was so great. And that's, um, Gina Adrianson. She was my high school director. She's a judge now. Um, so it's one of those things where like what you're saying there, where she's trying to get an assistant. Um, I think that there's such a lack of connection and understanding from an administration standpoint most of the time um, about the just sheer amount of labor that goes into being, if you are a parent in general and also one of these head directors, but specifically if you're a mom and also one of these head directors, I'm not saying schools have to like give us an assistant, but they don't have to give a male version of us an assistant. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like, I think that they, schools often wait too long until the burden becomes so great that no one could do it by themselves. And so they just Mm -hmm. burn out a cycle of people over and over again for multiple years, um, rather than just spending the money and making sure there's a, you know, reasonable divide of, of work. Um, the, which is not specifically what you meant, but that's one of my soapboxes that I will just yell about forever. I just, I don't understand that concept of like, well, we don't, we would rather just have random people come and go every couple of years than like spend good money, making sure our department does well. And then 
that wondering why things maybe don't build or don't grow or aren't as stable as they want them to be. Well, I mean, you're not willing to put your money where your mouth is in that concept, which I think we see all the time in big ways and small, especially as women in our, in our universe. Um, since we are talking about work-life balance a little bit there, I think that's, the, and that's my next question I want to go with anyway. Um, and when you bring up Hannah and Jen specifically, right? Um, there, I mean, we're kind of all same age group there as far as the number of years taught and we have children that are similar ages. And so I'm not speaking for them when I say it, but I do think that there, that I can like speak to this a little bit, which is that, you know, yes, they're running those big programs. Yes, they're doing everything, but I would love it if people, your guys' age group and younger didn't have to do it the way we did it. Um, mm -hmm. If there was more support, if there was more understanding of um, moms in the workforce in general, and that's of course our entire society, not just education. Um, like show of hands, if your school district has childcare for you. Oh no, none of us, not a single one of us. Okay, great. There's like no school district does that hardly at all. Or if they do, it's like, oh, we're going to take it as a class and have students like sort of babysit your children with maybe one other adult. Like it's never, okay. a, we did, a we did scenario. in Rocky, but there were, there were 25 spots for the entire district. So like I put, I put my son, my oldest on the list. Yeah. Like I told my husband I was pregnant and then I told the daycare lady I was pregnant. Like she was the next yeah. call. And they were like, we can get him in in two years. It's like, well, I'm not going to start him somewhere and then Ugh. pull him out to come here. And um, I mean, there's there's also like, there were other factors weighing on me at that time too. Like, do I even want him in a school building? Right. I don't know if I feel yeah. really great about that. Mm -hmm. um, Gee, I wonder why everything seems so safe and secure nowadays. Oh right? my gosh. Like <laughs> yep, that's there there's a uniqueness to that struggle as a mom as well. Again, not mm -hmm. that I, I never mean that dads don't feel this, but we can only speak from our side of things. And we certainly right. know that maternal emotional labor is different than paternal emotional labor. Yes. And I like every time something like this happens in our country, and this is being recorded um, after not long after the shooting um, in Texas, the most recent one, I have to specify right? as someone who lives in Texas, because it happens all the time, unfortunately, um, you know, there's a, a unique amount of emotional mom labor that goes into that too, I think. Um, so with all of that said, let's talk about work-life balance, like, because that all of those things come into what we're discussing. It's not just about the actual labor that you're doing as a show choir director. There's the emotional labor that goes along with it. That's your job and your home life and everything else going on as well, like all being combined. So Liz, you're newer to this in the sense yes. that your child is younger. Um, very young. Yes. <laughs> tell me about what work-life balance has been like in the last six months. Well, you've been well, back, what, two months, three months maternity leave. I've when been, did you go back? I came back for two months. Okay. Um, so I, I was off for four, which was amazing. So lovely. Did you yeah. have to take, if you don't mind me asking, did you have to take your own personal days to do that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I only had 12 days that I was allowed to use. Um, and then everything else was just <laughs> choice. Yeah. Then I had my normal, I had my normal, like legal amount. I'm sorry. I misspoke my six weeks plus the 12 days. Well, uh, no, 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 no. But were okay. you paid for the six weeks if you didn't take your days? I think it was the, like, legally they had to give me six weeks. They legally have yeah. to hold your job. They do not for legally have to, have to pay. Oh my gosh. I think I, I think I was. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's fine to not know because honestly, it's I'm such a really weird sure. scenario. I didn't understand day, any of that when that was happening. I was like, yeah. I'm so tired. Dear Lord, is there a child I'm supposed to be breastfeeding right now? Like it was a right. very exhausting yes. time. Um, I will say that my admin was so supportive. <laughs> so like, I don't want to just harp on them, but yeah. It's okay. It's still just life. Like you get yeah. six weeks, which is just, I tried to imagine myself going back at six weeks. Like, nope, nope. Insane, <laughs> um, right? So yeah. Even at four months, it felt like, I think no matter what, it feels hard. But um, so I've been back for two months. Thankfully, it's been the end of the school year. Yeah. Um, so it's post-show choir. Like mm-hmm. I, I, we had a trip to Disney over spring break, which I told you about, Jen. Yeah. And I chose to forego that, which is why Smart. I took so long um, mm-hmm. because I just didn't want to leave my child for a week or mm-hmm. take him. Like n- n- not, n- neither was a good option. So mm-hmm. I missed all of show choir season, all my, this trip I've been looking forward to for like years. Um, and it was, it was really hard. Like just that I don't like just speaking of like work-life balance within like working maternity leave was hard like yeah walking away from everything this show I designed starting back like that Disney show we thought of mm-hmm. like on our trip and it was just emotionally really difficult did you actually um, disconnect or did you find yourself sort of half working sometimes like so I was very disconnected good. I wanted to be included but like so it was good it was good but also like I didn't want to be 100% disconnected at least from the show choir aspect of sure things, because um, it's I value that time. With, I value that time with my kids, and I was, you know, I just wanted to be able to still support them in some some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. Um, but like, admin was very adamant because they knew me. They were like, no. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah. So I I did disconnect. It was great, but also really challenging um, because of that emotional burden. Like you just mm-hmm. you even if you're away from it, you just feel like responsible. <laughs> Um, so yeah. I was just, tough. but then coming back, it at least was all done and behind us. Um, the hardest thing for me, this, these last two months, and ultimately the reason I did apply for a new position, um, was just my commute. And the fact that I, mm-hmm. I would go to school, I stay at school until all the things are done because driving home from my job in the middle of the day is, was too unreliable. Like yeah. I just wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get home and make it back in time for any evening commitments. So if I had a concert, if I had a booster meeting, if I had a, you know, varsity welcome, whatever meeting, whatever in the, mm-hmm. in the evening, because there's so many of those things, I didn't get to see my son. And so, yeah. um, those days were, were challenging. Um, and I really like at, at the beginning of it all, I was like, Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And mm-hmm. then, um, and then it just over time, I was like, Oh my goodness. Like thinking about a full year in this situation. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, so those were the hardest days. Um, everything else was fine. And I did feel good, like getting back to work and yeah. I was like excited to be doing that part of myself again, you know? Yeah. Oh, um, for sure. So, so that was all very good, but those days leaving my kid for that long were, was just not okay to me. And so now I, I found a job that is 15 minutes from my house. And so I'm looking forward to just, even if I just get to come home for dinner or like yeah. come home and like take my shoes off for two seconds, and kiss my son and like, see him awake, you know, like that, that's like a goal. So if yeah. you think about what you're saying outside of the context of being a choir director, that's a fully insane statement that you're like, right? I just want to be able to come home for dinner. 
Yes. Like if, if we were doing any other job, I feel like everyone yeah. would be like, duh, just leave at five or leave at whatever your contract right. I mean, like that's the hard part about the balance, I think, mm-hmm. is convincing ourselves to have the balance. It's not always that someone's holding us to it. It's that yes. we feel like that's how it has to be done because that's what we were doing prior to kids or that's what the expectation was from a previous male director or whatever. But like, Caroline, you have two. So, I mean, like you're in that situation now where you, it, it's still, it's still, you know, man-to-man defense at your house, but yeah. also your husband's a choir director. So yes. like, that's a, a totally different work-life balance. Yeah. Um, and it's been different for me throughout my career. So I was, I said, was in Waukee when my first was born um, and had like, an amazing just an amazing group of colleagues out there Mm -hmm. that just like picked up the ball and ran with it I mean it was it was um I was teaching with Matt Huth was my teaching partner at the time um Mm -hmm. and Steve Wooden who was at Urbandale High School for a long time yep had retired and did my maternity leave which was amazing um (laughs) yeah so Steve and Matt were running everything and you know if I ever tried to like inch my way back into that Matt like shut it down um he and he's one of my he is he is one of my mentors. Um, he's just a great human. as a, he's, as a colleague, I've learned, I learned so much teaching with him, um, mm-hmm. for my, the biggest chunk of my time in Waukee and now being at an eight, nine and kind of steering my own program. Um, mm-hmm. I've called him I, like weekly, I call him, um, <laughs> but he, he helped as a, as a great friend, keeping yeah. me, um, you know, honest and letting me focus on what was happening here. Yeah. Um, then going back to work, I went back uh, I had eight weeks of maternity leave. Okay. I actually went to, so Johnston's Invitational is one of the first ones in Iowa. It's yeah. the second week of January. I went to Johnston with our two high school groups on Saturday and my maternity leave, I was done with maternity leave that Monday. So okay. um, I had eight weeks of leave. That was it. And I was back right in time for show choir season. Um, so Did you take days to cover payment or do you remember if it was paid for you I, or if it was just guaranteed leave? I had six weeks of leave and then I took two weeks unpaid Okay, um, to get me. And then bless our entire family. My mom, my mother-in-law and my husband's aunt covered another month of mm. being with my son and my husband. He took some time off. Um, nice. So he didn't go back to daycare until he was three months old. Mm. Um, and that made it easier. It was not easy. It was terrible to leave mm-hmm. him and go back to work. I sobbed for the entire week. Yeah. Um, but then I got to work and I was okay. Like I, yeah. I got to work and I got back to, um, I think Liz, you kind of mentioned this, but um, to find that part of myself again was nice. Yeah. And to see my kids at school, because, you know, we have that, we have that um, emotional component with them too. And the guilt of, I think a lot of teachers do, but the guilt of leaving your classroom and leaving those kids. Oh, yeah. um, so I really, um, it was it was so interesting to me the contests that were run by female directors um by other moms mm-hmm. um I never had to ask them for a closet to go pump in they always had somewhere I could go mm-hmm. um and you know I Probably pumped all go. throughout <laughs> show choir season um yeah. had my like big do not enter sign on my office door mm-hmm. um and then like I said, I left in 2020, finished the school year online. My daughter was born in July of 2020. Um, she's almost two and she has a congenital heart defect. So she, right. we knew this before she was born. So my husband and I both being teachers knew that um, we were looking at her needing three open heart surgeries by the time she was three. Um, oh my gosh, so we were God. like, we both can't 
be working full time and do yeah. this. So I uh-huh. stepped away, um, stayed home with her and my son, but an opportunity opened up at Urbandale High School where my husband is one of the teachers to uh-huh. assistant director there to show choirs. Um, uh-huh. So I, I assistant directed Chris Connor and Ted Burmeyer at uh-huh. Urbandale for the tail end of the 2021 season into yep. the, and then for the entire 21, 22 season. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was different because I was working at the building where my husband was, I was working yeah. part-time. So I was home with my kids during the day. And then Ted Brimeyer, who's the head of that program and who I would say is my other biggest mentor yeah, just um, the greatest. as an educator, just I mean, talk about, you know, I said learning, I learned so much from Matt working with him. I am, I knew coming back into the classroom, I am 10 times the teacher I was because I had that year, that year and a half with Ted. Um, Mm -hmm. But Ted is a dad and he has three kids and his wife is in education. And Mm -hmm. I was with my husband's program. So like that work-life balance was a heck of a lot easier because I was with people who understood what was happening. Um, Not Mm -hmm. that I didn't in Waukee, but um, these, the people that I was with we're also parenting we're also walking the parent and the show choir director lifestyle um and they really understood that balance in and out um and now that i'm in ankeny i am um on our team of 612 staff members two of us have kids um my kids are young um the other the other mom lisa reams has kids who are um in college they're full grown um they're off on their own so um this this work life balance I think is going to change for me it's Mm -hmm. also a it's a different uh, it's a longer drive for me now and my school day goes later in the day so um, we used to divide our daycare duties pretty easily between my husband and I and now he has to do drop off and pick up because I have a further commute Mm -hmm. um and next year our son's starting preschool. So we'll have a preschool drop-off and a daycare drop-off. So I don't know how that's going to work. Um, but I, I did have the opportunity to, as a ninth grade teacher, decide whether I wanted to be a high school show choir director or a middle school show choir director. Um, and I'm going to be directing the middle school next year, which I think is going to be a lot easier. My husband had been doing middle school show choir at Urbandale and is now doing high school show choir. So we're kind of flip-flopping our roles there, but, um, concentrating most of my work in the morning and then during the school day, I think will be a lot, um, just more reasonable for my family. Totally. Um, and then that gives me some opportunity to be a clinician for area schools, um, mm-hmm. to get out and judge a lot more, which I have started doing the last two years and really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I try to remind myself through all of this that like, especially with everything, um, around circ around the circumstances with my daughter, um, yeah. her birth, try to remind myself that nothing is permanent. Like this is what's going to work best for me right now. Mm -hmm. And if I want to get back to directing a high school show fire, there will be a chance for me to do that. Um, it doesn't have to happen right now for me to, for me to be able to do it. I can just kind of take things one phase at a time and let it go from there. Especially these days where there's no shortage of jobs. (laughs) Um, you can really decide when (laughs) when it's time, you know, so, um, but you know, I know you'll find something great regardless of how everything works out. <laughs> well, the whole, like, I, the, I laugh so hard about the driving, dropping kids off and picking them up thing. Like, uh, it's, she's not wrong. Like Liz, once you have multiples, that's a whole new level of like, right. I don't, yeah. I don't want to think about it. It's not I'm even thankful. something that I thought about as being like a struggle until I was living it going, yeah, this is like a huge pain in the ass. Like, you right? don't live in the it same building. Makes you rethink your rehearsal schedule. Liter- literally, that's, yep, <laughs> that's incredibly true. When we were um, starting, when I was maybe going to look at doing a high school show choir, John, my husband, and I were like, 
okay, are you going to rehearse on Mondays or am I going to rehearse on Mondays? Mm -hmm. Like, and if we're both rehearsing on Thursdays, we need to call your mom and make sure someone's committed to watching the kids every single Thursday. Like it was like, we have to bring in the whole, the entire family to make this happen. Um, and it just didn't seem reasonable. Liz, I mean, you didn't talk about your husband's position. I just didn't bring it up because I know he's not teaching show choir, but he has obviously been incredibly supportive. I certainly yes. know that based on the conversations we've had and talking about your family before you even had the baby so like yes. we know he is supportive caroline we know your husband obviously is good at balancing that stuff based on what you're saying i've always been so i am very quick to say thank you when somebody is like i don't know how you're doing all of that i'm very quick to say tim is an incredible dad like yes. my husband yes. is one of those very hands-on guys like he's right now like playing video games, but keeping them silent while playing video games right. so that like right. I can do a podcast interview, like no questions asked, no, no must, no fuss kind of deal. Like the, I, when you were talking about your, one of your mentors, you know, and you're saying like, Michelle was a single mom, like th- that part of it for me, I is unfathomable. I can't imagine mm-hmm. doing it without a supportive partner. Um, because there is so much just so much and that it's, needs to it's be done. so hard to do with a supportive partner. I mean, I yes. have, I have, yes my husband um I I often like tell him you know I will have I'll go out to dinner with some of my friends who Mm -hmm. are like from high school who are not teachers Mm -hmm. or not in the same field and I always come home and I'm like thank you for being amazing because I yeah I sometimes can uh, forget that not every husband is as incredible as that as he is so he's (laughs) he is so supportive and so hands-on with our kids but also as an incredible educator and an incredible teacher so like he understands in and out everything that I do and and Mm -hmm. although you know Jen you mentioned this earlier um you know it's not that dads don't have these same struggles too but um being a mom and having that it's it's a different relationship and it's a different and then with me staying home with our kids for part-time and with, um, our daughter going through all the medical stuff that she did, I also became like, I, I took on a much, um, bigger role in her younger years than I did with my son. So he was even more, I always, I always kind of felt bad because I felt like he was on the outside of what was happening with them. Um, Mm -hmm. but that never deterred him from, from trying to be as active and as supportive, um, while doing his job too. So I think it's, um, you know, like you said, I, I can't, I can't say anything without thanking him and without giving him appreciation for, for truly understanding and supporting what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's got to be, if you've got two of you, you really need to be in it equally, you know, like if it is, Mm -hmm. if you are a single parent, I mean, again, that's a very different road you're walking and you've got a whole community of people, hopefully that are supporting and helping you. But if there are two of you in it, like you said, it's not even easy when there's two of you. I mean, there are definitely days where we don't even like each other over the logistics of what's happening. Like where I'm like, (laughs) I'm resenting the hell out of him for not being the one who's driving these ridiculous children the 35 minutes each way, you know, like that kind of stuff. And so like, you have to really like each other and find ways to like each other. And that's hard too, because of course, mm-hmm. in any marriage, kids always changes your marriage. I mean, it just does. Yeah. There's no yeah, way around yeah. that. That is something like, there's just always something to do. I mm-hmm. thought I was tired. Like I thought I had zero energy for anything after work before right? we had kids. And now it's like, you come home it's, you know, bedtime and yeah. then you're washing bottles and then you're washing yeah. your own dishes and then yep. there's laundry and then there's all these things. And then finally it's like nine o'clock and you're like, Hey, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice <laughs> to see you today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my uh, gosh. You're home too. So good to see you. Yes. Yeah, I, as yeah. I, I'm sitting here listening to him wash bottles. I just watched him. My, our, our son just became a roller in the crib. Oh, fun. Now, and loving sleeping on his stomach. But of course, as a mom, that gives you a mini heart attack. Uh-huh. And so, of course, I watched him on the outlet, which I have like, you know, right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. He like walks in just to like make sure he's breathing. <laughs> Mm. Girl, they didn't even have those things when I had my kids. So oh, I'm so jealous that you had the ability not even to obsess my over their heartbeats and whether or not they're well, breathing. We haven't been using that part. We did a we lot of staring at monitors that were like really yeah. grainy and like, yes. you know, the FBI was looking at things. You're like, okay, is that an open eye? I can't tell, you know, a lot of that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, well, I will say helping out. <laughs> exactly. I will say that, um, I did, I tend to be somebody who's good at compartmentalizing. I don't know if either of you feel like that about yourself. Um, And I think that if you're going to be good at doing our jobs, a lot of us are good at compartmentalizing. So I do think that makes it a little easier that when I'm not with them, I can try to shut that part of my brain off as long as I know they're well taken care of. And they're like, you know, safe doing whatever it is they're doing as safe as I can guarantee that kind of stuff. Certainly that makes it easier. Um, But that emotional labor component, like you're talking about like, you're watching the monitor, like, I mean, your husband would probably be watching the monitor. He is. Ish, but I mean, maybe <laughs> I not. I need to have it on, but I can Yeah, it. but right, but if you were watching the monitor yeah. and he knew it, would yeah. he be watching the monitor? The answer is probably exactly. less likely, you know, because he's like, you're doing it. I don't need to also do it. Something yeah. about moms is like, no, I'm also going to do the 75 yeah. things. Like I have yeah. to do it. <laughs> yes. No matter Which, what is insane because yeah some again a lot of this is stuff we tend to bring on ourselves but I think it's kind of universal things as well too I mean you can't you can't just make your brain not care about your children that's just not really a thing and that's been that's been a hard shift for me back from being home with kids Mm -hmm. and now you know our our daughter also has bilateral hearing loss so she wears hearing aids in both ears and we've got um so she has like quarterly appointments that we and I had scheduled you know those any sort of specialty doctor takes like months to get yeah. it. So I scheduled those years ago. And so I'm having to, you know, take off time from work um, when I don't have much time because I started yeah. mid-year this year. Um, right. And then I have kids like, I was just telling John the other day, I need to like schedule an hour of my time for prep and then to like call doctor's offices and make yeah. appointments. And also Literally. like, like still um, we, we've always we've kind of changed up like who takes care of household tasks like paying mm-hmm. bills you know and like mm-hmm. the organizational stuff but when I was home it just made sense for me to do that so now I'm yeah. like still trying to do that and trying to work and you can't call doctor's offices at like five you know no. so it's like trying to balance I had a kid walk into the last day of school and I was like hold on it's so my daughter's ENT like give me one yeah. second and you know I'll get you what you need mm-hmm. um but I've I have not balanced that well yet I'm still figuring out that balance but I'm like going to give myself a little bit of time. Um, there comes that point though, where you're talking about how, like you were super involved in your daughter's medical journey, for example. Right. I mean, at what point does it make sense for you to hand off all of the knowledge you have as the keeper of the stuff to someone else? How long is that going to take for you to explain everything that the other human needs to know and catch them up again? So it makes more sense to just be the keeper of the knowledge forever. And I don't dispute that. Yeah. It's, it's, that was like a, a conversation we had because my my very helpful, loving, considerate husband was always like, let me help you. Let me take right. something on. And I'm like, it's 
it's just more work for me to mm-hmm. like, for me to do that. And yeah. when I was home with her every day, I was like, I can answer these questions. Like, you know, and, and he could too, but it just, it didn't make sense. So trying to, trying to figure that out. Um, and like I said, through shifting through like from three different, uh, districts with yeah. three different jobs and staying home, it's just, it's always kind of a rehashing out the balance. And I will yeah. tell you that like, I, if I could go back and do some things differently, I certainly would. Cause I, it's mm-hmm. your, I, I always say this about parenting. Like just when you figure out the game, the game changes. Oh, so, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. and it's been yeah. that way with, with the work-life balance too. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, yeah. that's the ultimate end of the day discussion about that is that you have to keep rolling with it and that mm-hmm. there's not going to be a time where you probably not even a year where you do it the same way the whole year. I mean, that's not even necessarily a thing. I don't think because our years are so seasonal, like what right. works in the fall may not work during show choir season or what works in the summer certainly never works the rest of the year. So my husband went back to work in industry after years in teaching just this last January, he left teaching at semester, um, which was a whole debacle for him. He was very yeah. stressed about that, uh, yeah. you know, leaving the students he had and all that. But I mean, it just, it was one of those things where it was like, you can't not take this opportunity available to you kind mm-hmm. of deal. Um, yeah. But just, this is the first summer in a long time where we aren't all home. Yeah. Like, and not that that, I mean, on the outside, you're like, oh, no big deal, whatever. I'm here with them. Like they have me, they have a parent here. And you're just in your mind, you're like, oh, check somebody's home with them. But the reality of living inside of it every day mm-hmm. um, where I work from home because I run, like I run show collective from home. And doing things like this, podcast interviews and stuff like that, or phone calls with people, show design, things like that. Like today, um, Owen, my youngest, is home with me. And my eldest, Ben, is over at the high school having marching band camp because he's going to be in high school next year, which is very shocking and stressful. It comes for you fast, guys. But like, I felt so bad because I'm like, I want to go play with him. I want to spend time with him. I want to be with him. Owen. Um, and he's like, guys, he's going to be nine next week. It's not like he's little, little, you know, yeah. he can absolutely entertain himself, but like, I feel so much guilt for like being in my office, working on right. stuff I have to work on for my livelihood. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, I've now been a mom for 14 years and it still hasn't gone away fully. Yeah, I'm better at it, but I'm not great at it. Like, are you already, Liz, are you already feeling mom guilt just at this age where he's like six months old? Like, do you feel it already? Yeah. Well, and that's what, like talking about work-life balance stuff, like this past eight weeks was kind of like a trial run, you know, it was mm-hmm. like, let's see what it feels like. Cause yeah. I think we were sitting by the pool at our conference last, mm-hmm. last year and you're like, why don't you just try it? And I was just like, okay. <laughs> Cause I was really anxious. I was, yeah. you know, seven weeks pregnant. Like, I don't know, yep. it was, you know, I was, it was just barely pregnant. Yep. Um, and I was already feeling mom guilt <laughs> yes and that's but that's I mean that's why we talked about it in that context yes. though is it's like yeah. you can't know till you're in it really right. fully like what's right. gonna happen yes but I will say that you know I I took this new position and mm-hmm. even when I was talking to the other director when he was you know bringing the option to me I mm-hmm. was just like I need less yeah. <laughs> like I just, I need yeah. less and I'm going to have to be really protective of my, yes, um, Good for you for advocating for that into this new role. And, you know, I met, like I met with my two co-directors for the first time today and it was wonderful. And I don't think I'm going to have any problem with any Good. of that. Um, but the, my predecessor, you know, she had been in this role for 44 years. Yeah. She was a rock star. Wow. Um, and I have so much admiration for her, but there's some generational 
generational changes that I oh, think, for sure. you know, especially as women, um, that they've kind of paved the way, but now we have to like stand up for those things. So, Dude, it's like, yeah. I led you to say that cause I needed to say this thing so badly. And that's the perfect segue to this, which is that, okay. I'm going to ask a question after, but I'm going to tell you this small snippet first. So okay. you're talking about the generational kind of differences for women, even we're not talking about just in general, just within women in our community. Okay. Yes. So there's no way for me to explain this story without people who are listening locally, knowing who I'm talking about. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and say it because she and I have talked about it before. And, you know, I've laid this out on the table with her since then. So I'm going to go ahead and say it because I think it's for the greater good. But there was a point in my career where Owen was not quite even two yet. I don't think at that point. Um, yeah, for sure. Not quite even two. And it was during the fall semester and there was musical going on and show choir going on, um, in Texas, all state, the process of all state is huge and a big deal and takes is very time consuming. Um, so all of this is happening in like early October. Right. And we're having a meeting in someone's office. And I was like in tears, like I just came in and it takes a lot for me to be someone who's crying, especially at work. Like, I just, I'm not built like that really. And I get nervous and I feel awkward about it. Like, I don't want anybody to ever see me cry because why does it matter? I have no idea. But in my mind, it was like, this is the worst thing I could be doing. So I'm crying and I'm like, I'm just drowning in like musical rehearsals and like a small, 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 small person at home, show choir, all these things. I was like, I need help. Can one of you take and we're dealing with multiple director situation here where there's more than just me and the other person. Uh, can one of you take even just one of the musical rehearsals a week just off my plate so I can just have a little bit more life back? And a female director who's of an older generation looked at me and said, you know, well, that's the choice you made. You decided to do all those things. You know, you got to figure that out was essentially the vibe. But that's the choice you made was the was the phrase that will live in infamy in my head. Um, And looking back now, I understand not in a way that excuses it, but I understand part of where she was coming from because I have started to do this sometimes with younger generations of moms, which is that you get stuck inside of, I had to live through it. I had to make it work. I had to do it. I did all the hard things. I don't want to have to make that easier for you. If I did it, you can do it. It's that weird toxic model that we see in other places in society too, I think. Um, like the the jokes about like boomers being like, well, just, you know, buy less avocado toast and you'll have enough money to buy a house. <laughs> Not realizing that like, there's so many other factors that go into what's caused like the housing crisis uh, as it says. So like, I think that sometimes those things happen as women even, or as moms who we want to be supportive of each other. But sometimes our... I don't know. What is that? What is the term? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the whole, like feeling proud that you did something and wanting somebody else to have to like deal with it too, because it's not fair that you didn't have to deal with it. So everyone should have to deal with it. It's like student loan forgiveness. I paid my loans. It's not fair if people get their loans forgiven, you know? And I don't think people are always trying to do it in a mean way, but like it happens. And I think it's also like, I don't know. I know what you're talking about. And I don't know the term for it, but I think one of it, one of us will remember here. It's only like 10 <laughs> o'clock at night. <laughs> I think it also comes from this place of like, I think most, mo, um, 
most of the time people are trying to be helpful when they right. say that people are trying to like empower you. And it's mm-hmm. the, I think the idea of hoping to, to teach resiliency, Yeah, but there's, um, there's a really like toxic element of yeah. just expecting people to suffer because they always have. Right. Um, and also, you know, oh, yeah. can you, go, you finish. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Liz. I was just going to jump in and I will say as a daughter of two music educators, mm-hmm. I also think there's just like this and like this thing that's just ingrained in us. But like my husband works for a tech company and they're like PTO and work benefits and everything. And also just like the expectation mm-hmm. um, compared to the compensation is always eye-opening. I'm like, oh, you I'm sure paid so much more than I do. Mm-hmm. And you have an end of day, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So, and mm-hmm. I think just seeing that and I, you know, it sounds selfish in the education world, but it absolutely shouldn't. But like, I'm not paid to do a lot of these things that I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do as much as I can within my paid hours, yep. but remind you strongly that like, I am not paid in the evening <laughs> or during the summer yeah, <laughs> or on the weekends. I mean, so, like all these extra rehearsals and everything. For like, real. Sure. You can you know, put all these hours in and everything. Um, and if you really want to do that, you do it, but like, it better be worth it, worth your time, you know? Well, um, that so, conversation yeah. that I told you about just now is the first time in my career. And at that point, I'd been teaching like, you know, 10, uh, a little over 10 years was the first time I really then went forward with the rest of the year, giving what I would consider to be 80% like of myself and my time to my job. And, you know, a good friend of mine that I teach with, um, Natalie, you've met Natalie, um, always jokes that like my 80% is like everybody else is 120. And I think that that's a choir, like a musician thing for sure. Music teachers. So she was like, nobody would even notice if you're giving 80%, but like, it was for me, I had to like clock the amount of time and energy I was giving. So I had something left when I got home. Yeah. Like, Cause you, you want to be that kind of mom too. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're only, you only expect that of yourself in your classroom. Like, right. I want to be that mom when I get home to my son, like he deserves that same amount of, yeah. and, and, you know, enthusiasm and passion and interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was hard. I, I know that was really hard for my parents coming home mm-hmm. at the end of teaching so many kids to yeah. have that same, you know, energy and patience at the end of the day. And so protecting that is important. Yeah. Important. I mean, if that leans into the question I was going to ask on my list here of like, what is the biggest thing that you feel like has changed in your teaching since becoming a parent? Like for me, it's that it's the, like walking out the door when time is done and being really, really selfish about when I schedule outside of school things like that would be mine. Um, Caroline, what do you feel like is something that's changed Um, for you? I think my confidence in mm. my decision making mm-hmm. is different or like um I feel it's after going into this new job now um mm-hmm. and having some time off I I do not hesitate to say that is not worth my time mm-hmm. or that is um you know when I think about things that are directly in 
which Shokar always is it's directly in conflict with my with the time with my kids so it's like if you if this is going to pull me away from being a mom Mm -hmm. um it has to be worth my time and it has to be worth my skills and I it's okay if if it's not you know it's and and Mm -hmm. I I struggle I think because of the um the element of our job that is so unique to educators as we're talking about people in different industries yeah. um kids kids are always worth my time kids are always worth my attention oh yeah um but choosing where i spend my time i'm i'm more confident now um in saying no and saying that's that's not going to work for me or yeah. like um you were saying you were saying liz like i don't get paid to do that and that's yeah. okay but you're going to have to find someone else who will do it um mm-hmm. So I think that's been big for me. And then when I think about just my classroom, um, it was a huge shift. I, I can't remember the exact moment, but I, you know, can picture it in my classroom um, in Waukee, going back to school and realizing that like the students I was talking to, that I was working with, that I was teaching mm-hmm. every day, um, hopefully have someone at home who loves them just as fiercely as I love my kids. Yeah. Um, that just changed my perspective on on all the interpersonal elements of teaching, um, Mm -hmm. and how I talk with parents and how I talk with kids and how I talk with administrators, like realizing that I am the voice for them at school that I want my kids to have when they go to school, um, was a huge shift for me and, um, and how I deal with, with kids too. Like, you know, I, I think I was maybe a little bit, um, in some ways harsher on kids or like more. Yeah. I think I have higher expectations now, 10 years into my career than I did at the beginning. Um, but looking at, looking at kids and again, just realizing, um, going through the transition that you go through when you become a mom, how that has changed me, um, Mm -hmm. has changed everything about how I teach because it's changed everything about who I am. Right. Yeah. I think there's no way to stay the same inside of that. Um, I know that it certainly changes for, for dads too. I've seen it firsthand and I've had those conversations. Um, but you know, I just want to remind everyone involved here that a lot of times becoming a mother, not always, but sometimes, uh, involves a physical transformation as well. And so you're not only dealing with the emotional transformation of like, like you said, the way you think, you know, the way you behave, the way you come at every situation is totally different. Um, but you're also dealing with being a stranger in your own physical person Mm -hmm. for, an extended period of time. I mean, like Liz, your baby is six months old. Do you feel normal yet? Getting there. Okay. No. I mean, the answer is yeah. you're never going to feel the same. Like that. Yeah. And, mine's and four and a half and I don't feel normal yet. I, like I said, I have a 14 year old and I still don't feel normal. I mean, and like, what is normal? I don't mean to use that term in the sense that like somehow we're abnormal. It's not that it's just that right. literally every part of you changes when you yes. become a mom and, and mm-hmm. there's um, there's just no way to compare that for someone if they haven't lived through it. I am going to ask you to travel back in time to your pre-momness, some of us more recent than others. Um, and I want to know, first of all, what is the advice that you either wish you'd been given, or you would want to give to your pre-mom self about doing this thing, doing both of them. Um, but also I think we all just need to have a communal, like smiling moment about like the things we thought before we were moms yeah. about being moms and doing this job. Mm. Like how many times did I sit in a restaurant and be like, I would never oh, give my child whatever. Although, I mean, screens weren't a thing before my eldest was born anyway, but like, you know, just the whole, like, I would never, 
when my kids, you know, when I have kids, there are so many things we've all said, cause that's just part of the deal. So, I mean, if you are, if you are listening to this and you are not yet a parent, know that we so greatly appreciate your advice, but also that, um, that will change <laughs> if you yes. do decide to become a parent. No one is the parent they thought they were going to be ever. That's just not a thing. <laughs> I think, um, I think advice yeah, and I, I look at this, my advice would be like, do all the things you want to do while you have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the first, gosh, I had my oldest when I was 26 or 27. Yeah. I don't know how old it was, 26, 27. Um, and prior to that, like my, my work was my life. I did yeah. as much as I could. I was at every rehearsal that I could be at. I was, and I wouldn't, I would not change that for the world because yeah. even though I didn't get like, you know, we're talking about pay and like taking the time. Yeah. Um, I learned so much. I just, I, I got into other people's rehearsals. I was with colleagues as much as I could. Um, and I took the time to dig in and learn as much as I could while I had the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the same coin, I would also say, don't be afraid to say no, just because yeah. you don't have kids, just because you don't have, um, you know, that what I like to call a, um, an easy excuse to get yeah. out of things, um, <laughs> <That's so true. laughs> just because you don't have that doesn't don't, don't wait until that life change happens to, to be afraid to stand up for what you're worth, um, Absolutely. and what you deserve. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, take the time to do the things you want to do before you, uh, before your life is, mm-hmm. is Not run by own. someone else, a small it's, human being. Because everyone deserves work-life balance. Like, let's yeah. be clear about that. I don't think any of the three of us are saying somehow we are special in that way. Right. No, 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 no. Everyone deserves to have that. And music teachers especially tend to get that taken away for all the reasons we said. So everyone deserves that. I'm surprised one of mine hasn't come in yet. Yeah, I, I, I just got the us. biggest smile just because I heard a child. I did too. I was Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> he just you know it's it is uh 10 o'clock and he just needs some tortilla chips real quick. why not so, that's how this, i feel at 10 o'clock most yeah. of the time also my nine-year-old is absolutely going to be awake when we get done with this yes. uh even though he was supposed to be going to bed by no later than nine and he's we have something called night clubbing at our house Ooh. which is something my husband instituted again he's like the genius dad of boys because i have two boys and so like I'm a great boy mom, but also Tim's like the best boy dad. And so nightclubbing is where you literally just, they're staring at their devices nice. for like two, 10, 15 minutes, which totally was created. So Tim could stare at his phone. I'm certain, but like, <laughs> but there's a song. I mean, like it's a whole nightclubbing. It's a whole like to do. Nice. So they're absolutely probably nightclubbing right now. And we'll totally be awake until I get off this phone call. So I definitely understand that. Um, but what would your advice, Liz, be for yourself or your younger self or pre-mom people just in general? Well, I keep just trying to think of something really profound. Or is there say. anything you wish you had known but that no, like if you could have told yourself? I just keep, like, I think something that has been wonderful about post, post having a baby, mm-hmm. um, everything just feels way less heavy at work. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I wish I could have just told myself, like, and it's, I still struggle sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. cause I care we all care a lot about what we do, but, mm-hmm. um, I wish I could have just told myself to relax and have fun and like, yeah. enjoy it all, like enjoy mm-hmm. the learning, enjoy this, the mess ups, enjoy, mm-hmm. like just enjoy it as much as you can, because it's all going to be messy no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and then like not bring that stress and pressure home because Mm -hmm. like your home life is so valuable. And like, Mm -hmm. I think my husband and I have been very, you know, good about trying to carve time out for like ourselves. Yeah. Date night this week. Yay. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. Three-year anniversary. Um, but anyway, so we, you know, we're, we're, we try really hard, but, mm-hmm. um, that was such a special time of life where it was just the two of us and our dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like date night every night and, yeah. really, you know, TV time together all the time and all that. And so I, 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 get frustrated because I think there were some nights that were just kind of stolen by work Mm -hmm. (laughs) even if I wasn't at work like I was at work worrying about it Mm -hmm. mentally yeah yeah yeah, Um, for sure and so I wish you know just don't don't worry about it so much because now that I have a kid like I'm just like I can't worry about it and all those things are still happening when I get there and the the best thing is is that I'm more rejuvenated because I didn't think about it when I was when I get, get there, I'm like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> you yeah. Know, so, yeah. <laughs> and you're enjoying your time with adults too. You yes. like get there and you're like, yay, adult time, yeah. like yeah. talking yeah. to people who are not yeah. three, like yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. don't have to too. open anyone's snacks today. <laughs> Great. Great. Don't I have actually, to answer any questions. No diaper um, changes for a few just, hours. <laughs> my like second week of school, being back at school, I had an eighth grade bass club singer asked for a band-aid. And mm-hmm. so I like grabbed a bandaid for him and started opening it for him. And he was like, gave me the strangest <laughs> look. And I was like, oh, right. I don't have to put a bandaid on. You can like, do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like you're 14. You can do it yourself. And these kids like still barely knew me. And I was like, wow, what a great moment in life for me. You're just going to become one of their moms. I mean, like yeah, I used to resist that. Inevitable. Yep. It's just kind of part of the deal. I don't want them calling me mom. That's weird. No, but like but- they, they sense that energy coming off of you. There's really no way to yes. wash it off. <laughs> you have <laughs> mom. Yeah. I, I do love being able to be the mom for them for so many reasons like you know that they may not have this kind of mom at home in their own life or they may not have somebody who ever opened a band-aid for them you know what I mean like we yeah. don't know <laughs> so like it's nice to be able to mom all kids the way that you are hoping your own child is being mommed at school yeah. like it's nice to pay that forward I think that's a cool part of of momming and teaching is getting to do that mm-hmm. for somebody else's kids. Um, okay. Well, we obviously could talk about this for like 16 hours because there's so many things, but I want to get to the two fun things that everybody gets asked. So you get to answer the fun questions too, not just the hard mom questions. Um, and I warned you in advance. So you've had some time to think about this test. You knew this than... was coming. It's not a podcast. This is harder. I'm kidding. I know it's tough. It's everybody always says that, by the way, it's not don't worry. It's always kind of a stressful moment. So the two questions are the favorite show that you have ever done. Like you were either on stage performing in it or were a director. And then the flip side of that is your favorite show you've ever seen. And you couldn't have had anything to do with it. It's just like one you want to see. So for example, I will give you the examples that are most common because there are some most commons um, <laughs> under the favorite ever seen category, the most highly the one that is said all the time, constantly, is, uh, and rightfully so, is uh, Wheaton 2012, The Wizard of Oz show. So, like, people say that one pretty universally. People will say, like, my favorite is Burbank's 2012, The Prodigal Son show. Like, there's 
there's the kind of the perennial favorites. So it's okay if it's one of those. Um, it's fun if it's something more, you know, niche and specific to where you are. And then stuff that you are a part of most of the time is people that they, it's stuff that they directed. Um, I've only had a couple of people say ones they were in, although I love to hear about that when it's, when you had show choir in your life as a teenager and if you have one of those. So, uh, okay, whoever has an answer can go first. Liz, Liz okay, you have hands. I think I'm ready, surprisingly. Um, okay, so my, the show that comes to, I have to kind of give the, some backstory. That's fine. But the show that I love the most that still just stays in me as one of my favorite shows is- That you did. Show, um, this is my favorite show that I've seen. Got it. Should I okay. diverse it? Nope, doesn't matter. Okay, that I've seen is Franklin Central um, FC Singers 2014. Um, it starts with a song from from um, Songs for a New World. It is not a, a, a new. It's not a new world. <laughs> no, it's this. It's the Spanish ship one. Oh, and it's about, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's so cool. But anyways, the reason I love it, well, it's a really cool show. But um, I it, I was emceeing a competition, and when I was a college student, <laughs> um, and I was going to college and in Michigan State and at Michigan in Michigan they just they they just don't do show choir. <laughs> no, it's not their jam. Um, we it's just not their jam. Um, and I had been very like in my brain like just said show choir like no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I watched this show and I was like no show choir is cool <laughs> like, and they they sang so well like it was just like such good singing and such good performing yeah um, I think Myra Cover was in that show if you know her she's a choreographer. oh yeah yep she was in it I remember like watching her too and I was just like oh my gosh she is killing it um, but like all of it was just so good and it was like I could do this as yeah. long as I get to do it somewhat like that <laughs> you know um and so then just because the, the good singing is like yes like, you have to sing good mm-hmm. or what well. it's good <laughs> um, also good then, also grammar is not important yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my favorite show is going to be one that I I directed and it was my second year at Whiteland and it was we call it the in show we did in from Carrie the musical it was Whiteland 20 2019 it was the no it was 2020 because it was COVID year we oh we did not know it was our last show was at Ross High School in Ohio. We had no idea, mm-hmm. um, but it was a show about mental health, kind of um, yeah. loosely. And um, we started with in from Carrie the Musical. Our ballad was Hold On from Secret Garden. And the closer was, um, oh, got a real good feeling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it made a full circle moment. Yes. Um, and it was one of my favorites just because it fostered a lot of really awesome conversations with my kids. Um, the kids are the best performing it. Um, and like, they still talk about it. Like, they're like, can we do a number? Like, 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 oh, and like, <laughs> you know, and so, you know, we may not have been best, best choir ever, but like, it was, you know, a very successful sh- show for those, that, that group of kids. So best yeah. choir ever is hella subjective. So right. you absolutely <laughs> were the best choir ever. If you felt like it was, In our world, we were. that's all that matters because yeah, that's not really a thing you can actually judge contrary to like how much we get paid on the weekends to try and make that decision yeah. as judges. It's not, it's a hard thing to judge. Okay. <laughs> You're up, Caroline. What do you think? Um, okay, my favorite show I've ever been a part of mm-hmm. um, was for sure Nova 2019, Walkie Nova. Um, the first year of existence for that group that only actually existed for three years. Yeah, um, that's right. But it was our kind of, we dreamed up the um, idea of having a varsity treble, varsity treble club group. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you know audition the kids and like we had dreams for the show and what it would be and then every every time we raised the bar they met it and surpassed it and it was just like the most amazing group of kids um yeah so Jeff Knutson and I directed that um Nick Kwame and Tori Burns um did the choreography for that um and it was just like (laughs) we opened with um don't rain on my parade and went into a song called fire warrior was their ballad um something new by nikki yanofsky and then we Mm -hmm. ended with heaven is on my side um but just like started with a a show choir classic and um i remember that as we were we were coming up with that i was like this is what i want to do for the opener they were like that's a bad idea we shouldn't (laughs) do that that's a bad idea and i was like no we have to do it like we have to be incredible (laughs) and i will still have people in the area who will like come up to me and like talk about that and like they'll hit the first pose and start singing like they still remember it um so it was amazing to see our vision come to life and be 10 times better than what we ever dreamed of um so that was that was that group that year was life-changing for me as a teacher um and then that I've seen I'm first of all I'm really bad at remembering years of things (laughs) that's okay that's what google's for I will figure it out yeah great really bad um so I have like a song okay and I don't remember the rest of their show okay. but it was Ankeny Visual Adrenaline I think 2005 or 2002 like this is pre-Ankeny split time pre-Ankeny split and is it Brandon Dean time you feel like it is Brandon Dean time okay well then that gives us a closer, um, a closer picture there and they were wearing maroon velvet dresses with, with rhinestones on it. As they um, did a lot. And there was a girl front row center with short red hair. And I was in the auditorium watching this as a young. So in 2005, I think it was maybe 2002. I'm texting but, Steph Hyatt. We'll figure it okay, out. Okay. <laughs> amazing. But they opened with um, Don't Rain on My Parade. They opened with that song and I was a youngin, I think early in my choir career as a singer, like I was maybe in sixth grade, I don't remember, but I remember sitting in the audience and I was like, what is this? Like, it was my first kind of like Liz was saying, my oh, first yeah. exposure to Shokar. And I was like, I have to do this. And my mom loves to tell the story. I went home that night and I told her, I said, someday I want to own my own show choir. So own my own verbiage out of my mouth. Um, you need like a sign that says that somewhere yeah. in your office. <laughs> Um, so I love that show. Um, and then maybe this doesn't count. Maybe this is kind of cheating, but really I had, anyways, I'll explain. Um, <laughs> Waukee Northwest High School opened this year. Their yeah. junior and senior class are kids that I had in middle school, but I yeah. haven't had or seen for a long time. Um, so I really had nothing to do with it. Um, but it was one of the most, their show this year, they're like, they're it's the inaugural year of that group um the varsity group is called eos eos right and Mm -hmm. i have i have rarely been so moved emotionally by a show from start to finish i heard so many people say that part of that is because i knew some of the kids on stage however i think a lot of it's universal yeah the artistry um the collaboration between uh, lexi and nick kwame and creating the visual design of that show um the the commitment to the performance from start to finish from the kids was astonishing. Um, And anytime I watched that, I just felt inspired to be a better teacher and human being and just felt happier. Um, And to me, that's, those are always the shows that make an impact on us. Also, um, I will never stop crying listening to the ballad that uh, Omaha South did ambassadors this year. Oh my God. I can't, Um, I can't. 
you were with me one of the times. Yes, you, yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, and uh, I was like, Liz. Okay, I, I miss out. I'm telling you, oh, you guys have some of the coolest. We do. It's out a there. good. It's a good part. And of the people for in that. my state are so ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> like they don't know, and it's frustrating because like there's just so much to learn about. It's a like, tight it's, bubble where you are. Like it's yeah. like you've got so much right there. Say, you I'm don't like, have to leave it. Yeah. I'm so envious of, I, I mean, I've never seen any of any of those um, of the Indiana choirs live. I've mm-hmm. like watched several of them on YouTube over and over again, mm-hmm. but I'm so jealous of just the, the choral tone that comes yeah. out of that region. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I would say the same thing. Like there's so much that we could learn in this region from what you guys are doing over there. Oh, a hundred percent. I think if right. you could merge like all of the regions together, Steph says it was the second number in 2005. Well, I have the year, right? There you go. You did a good job. I swear it was the opener, but it's, I I would trust Steph. Her brother was in it during that time too. Yeah. So that's, I I trust her also explicitly in that moment. No, Omaha South Ballad. I just, okay. Okay. I don't even know how to describe it to Liz. And even if you watched it on video, I don't know that I would have the same effect. You really have to watch the show start to finish if you're going to watch it. Okay. Universe of podcasting. I forget there's other people. Everyone. Everyone go to the YouTubes. And I always put these links in the the, uh, bio of the podcast so you can click on them. But I'll see if I can find one. If not, I'm just going to make Tyler upload one. Tyler Grudemeyer, their director. But the show is a Dia de los Muertos show. So it's Mm -hmm. like... And they had had, it's one that got shelved because of COVID. And so I feel like it ended up being even more special this year, like after all of it. I mean, not that COVID's over, but like in the wake of it. Right. And, um, Omaha South, like you can go listen to Tyler's podcast episode if you don't know who he is and and you want to learn a little bit more about them. So I won't go into all of that. Um, but it's, it's such a cool campus and such an amazing group of kids. And the, you know, it leads up through explaining like, what Dia de los Muertos is. And like the ballad, they bring the ofrenda out to the center of the stage and they've got, you know, photos of people on it that have passed and they've got a soloist who's singing. Oh, oh, most of the shows in Spanish. That's an important thing to point out. Mm -hmm. Um, They've got somebody singing, you know, like a solo that's like unaccompanied and is so beautiful and just like still and poignant that like, I just might die talking about it. It's so gorgeous. And then they all start doing the alabanza from in the Heights. Like they do it like adding piece by piece, person by person. And it's like, it's, it's just so mind-blowingly good. So if you're going to yeah, listen I, to the ballad, you got to watch the whole show. You can't just pull the context yeah. out. Yeah. you got to lean into topic it. It has to be super emotional. It's incredible. I just, it's, it's uh, just so I would want to watch it over and over and over. Is and there over cocoa again. in it? Like, well, and that was actually part of the discussion initially. He's, yeah. He was like, you know, there's not cocoa in it really. It's not really well, that, but also it comes from choice. sort of that, you know, but like, like as the mom, like bringing it back to the mom. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Where's Coco? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> ben Eklund and Melissa Eklund's youngest son, Ben the choreographer, their uh, child is um, obsessed with Coco. Like yeah. w- that is like his movie of choice. You know how we yeah. all, our kids all had their movies of choice. Um, well, okay. Your child's a little young. JJ's probably a little young. It's movie, movie of choice. For like, right. Okay. Yeah. But that no, will come for you. Tonight. Okay. Caroline, yeah. what was your children's movie of choice? Um, well, we have a couple right now, but, um, my little one who just ran mm-hmm. off that way is still so awake. Cute. Hey, Leo bug. What's your favorite movie? Star Wars. What? Star Wars. Star Wars. That is an 
excellent answer and not what I was expecting. That's also, so he's, nev- he's never seen it. So I, I'm not sure where that's coming from. It is a good um, perfect child answer then. I don't know anything about this Star Wars, but it seems yeah, cool. Everyone seems like about a good it. response. And also his father is thrilled. Never seen him happier. Sure, I was going to say, but yeah. John's out of his mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm so happy for um, you, John. That's excellent. Yeah. I, we watch, um, we watch Inside Out a lot. Oh, a lot of, we have a lot of big feelings in our house. Oh, so that's I a go-to love- for us. Bing bong, bing bong. Yes. I just like, I can't even with in and out I have a poster of that in my classroom always. Cause do yeah, amazing about our feelings for sure yes um that's ben probably is, our, our go-to for that that works for him who's four and a half and then our our daughter who's two the, all the balls and all the yeah, she loves that so um then the 14 year old uh was cars the movie cars all the way like he is that age that that came out when he was little I have such like a visceral reaction to like life is a highway by rascal flats anytime I hear it now because I'm like it it takes me to that like it's yeah it just takes me to him being like three and caring about it so much and you know I don't really feel like Owen had one that we watched a thousand times probably he doesn't I'm just not thinking of it that's second child syndrome that's coming for you Liz if you decide to have a second one you're like I don't know what you are I you remember that you exist but um, yeah you like things I thought we just all like what your brother likes right we're just do what your brother wants to do and that's your entire life existence um well guys this was so much fun again we really could do this for Thank another 15 so hours but i know that everyone needs to go to bed because in your yes. time zone it's like 11 p.m and this was the yes. only time we had because moms so yes. yep. okay everybody go to bed thank you for doing yes. this thank you john this is really sweet of you to ask of course and it's good to talk thank to you, you again, again.